you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Around the NFL podcast. Have terrible English accents. Not true. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Presented by the United States Marine Corps. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled with heroes Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Very disturbed by the cup of soda that you had resting partly off the edge of the desk, Dan, in your hand, gingerly touching it as you were Total pro. Good energy in here today. Dan's got a new jacket. He broke out a a new pre-show song. I don't know if you want to. In my mind, it's called. Yeah, it's called In My Mind. It's to a... There is no time. What a surprise. That would be the topic. Funky beat. Uh, We're excited. We have Kevin Harlan as a guest on our... Thursday oh, yeah. recap show. So, I mean, we're, we're tapping into the zeitgeist right now. The shadowy league. Fi- is there a shadowy league figure behind the glass right now? Give me a head nod or a Sort of. Shake. Somewhat. Does Bartlett sort count? Of. Yeah. No. He's um, shadowy, but he's not a league no, figure. No. <laughs> you got to check the bank well account for that categorization. He does we, not hit the, uh, the zone. We attempted to add a fourth podcast to our stable. Um, this season, we went to the Shadowy League figures. They said, we want a fourth pod. They said no. Why they said no? We never really got a real answer on that. We just didn't get it. They said no. Stick with what you're doing. Yeah, well, when you have one podcast that far you know, outrates all the other podcasts that you have, why add more? We, I why mean, we don't more? need to get into that, but you are right. <laughs> so what we did instead was we circumvented the situation Sur-sum-vrent. here. We circumvented it. We took the Thursday night recap, as you know. We made it a standalone. And now tonight, and we just recorded it, and you'll hear it tonight, Kevin Harlan with the heroes. Uh, so that's basically a full podcast. So that's how you beat the system. That's how you take down the man. While he slumbers, you do your work. <laughs> what happens when he wakes up? The, the man never wakes up. Am I right, guys? <laughs> that bozo's sleeping. <laughs> Real average Joes here. Um, a lot to get to. A lot to get to. Because, well, not as much as usual, and I'll tell you why. 32 teams. Six teams on by. Equals 26. Two teams already talked about. 
24 divide by 2. 12 games to talk about. <laughs> Just 12 this week. Which means we could chew the fat. There was fear in your eyes when you tried to divide 24 by 2. Now imagine, imagine me at 16 having to pass a test to avoid summer school. I don't feel like you, I feel like the challenge would have been the same. I don't think the skills have advanced since I always age thought 16. it was kind of a My bit, exactly. but but when we had to do some division uh, while playing darts in London, I realized not a bit. No, I'm not great at math. Everything everything Who I is? say in this podcast is real. There, you know, there's, there's no character. Math is hard. <laughs> all right, so let's get into all the games and we do it draft style. And by the way, it is true. Remember when you used to think and complain to your friends, why do I have to take this trigonometry course? All I need to know are like, you know, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. That's true. Oh, yeah. So you younger listeners out there. That part's true. But being able to like add and divide and multiply quickly does help you throughout your life. But that's all you need. That's That's all you need. You can do that in fourth grade. My point exactly. I have a child that already one of them despises math. And I've basically said... Don't worry about it. (laughs) It's also the sign of a creative. So, you know, don't worry about it, everybody. (laughs) That's not always the sign of that. (laughs) It can can be. That's the way to look at it. I didn't know that. I never heard that. It's not a default scenario. Uh, No, there are studies, the left brain, right brain, and all that stuff that... Tell us more. There are plenty where left and right, not not much is occurring in either. There's so much going on up here in this room. It's funny that some have both. Some have both. Greg's like, I have balls. No, I, I like math. I don't like math. <laughs> uh, let's hear a little, just a little tease, as they call in the industry, of uh, the Kevin Harlan interview that you could hear in full tonight after our Thursday night recap. Like when you when you threw that sponsor read in, like right before you did that, <laughs> you you must have known that this was this was magic. Oh well, no. Listen, Howard Denneroff is our uh, was was our producer. And he was giving me the card because the Giants at the other end were about ready to enter the CDW red zone. <laughs> CDW people you can count on. And, cash and, that check. And, uh, so I had it right there. And then I'm looking at the cat and the card is in my hand and I get a nudge. And so I read the card uh, as, as it turned out. So we didn't want to miss a sponsor Company at all, man. regardless of who was scoring the cat or the Giants. And Kevin Harlan will join us to talk about that very call and much more. Uh, tonight uh, after Mark and I recap Chargers Raiders. All right, draft style. Assuming the game happens. <laughs> Just run on out there. <laughs> even if the game doesn't happen? We'd probably get together for even more important reasons to discuss why. All right. Okay. You know, pack the car, get as much water, bottled water as we can, all that stuff. All right, we're locked in then. Um, let's do a draft style. The old Zeusers picking first. Uh, the draft order is as follows. Wes, pay attention. All right. Uh, Zeuser, Quiet Storm. The old boss, Wes, with the snake. Love it. All right. And I pick first, and this one, and remember, have your locks ready as well. Oh, all right. You know, there's a reason you're in last place, Wes. I need more prep. <laughs> I've picked poorly. That's the reason. Um, all right. This is an easy uh, first overall pick for me. Uh, it, not not a killer slate of games to start with in terms of... Uh, the primetime games are the best high games High-end intrigue. Week. Yes, oh, exactly. Not the worst, yeah. So, uh, but the games that are... Available for us for the purposes of the draft. Not so hot. So I will go to Lambeau Field. I have a rule. I don't. You guys are all about who's calling the game, and this might work out for the old Zeusers as well. Uh, but I'm like, oh, Aaron Rodgers playing under 
blue skies or maybe some snow or whatever at Lambeau Field in his prime, coming off a bad loss, um, a tough loss against the Panthers, who are a 5-3 and three team uh, that got back on the horse, as they say, after a really bad game against the Niners. So uh, I am going to uh, watch and cover this game for the podcast. And I think I think people that look at what happened with Green Bay against the Chargers and say, oh, they're not that good, or this could be the start of one of those slumps that have submarine recent seasons. The more I think about it, I, I think every team has – a game that doesn't go their way every once in a while, and also the possibility, which could be proven wrong, but we'll see, that the Chargers are ready to make a rise, and a few weeks from now, that won't look like such a bad loss, even though it looked bad in the moment. So I I feel good about the Packers still, and uh, the Panthers, of course, now they move forward without Cam Newton, uh, who is on IR, and it's Kyle Allen's world. So it's Christian McCaffrey on one side, it's Aaron Rodgers on the other, and let's have some fun. I agree with you. I think you just throw out that game for the Packers offense. The Packers defense is a totally different story. This is not a one-week problem. Since week four, they are 31st in the league in yards per play allowed. They are down there with the Bengals and the Dolphins as the worst defenses in the league in terms of just getting off the field. If you believe... Bob McGinn, who does a great job doing you know report cards every week. On Why would you Blake. not believe him? Right, you wouldn't. I question. wouldn't. He's watching every every snap. He's killing Blake Martinez. Think, oh, yeah. He thinks Blake Ouch. Martinez needs to be benched. Kenny Clark, who's been a really good nose tackle for them the last few years, and people thought maybe have a breakout season, is struggling. You know, They're certainly struggling uh, against the run, and that's not good news when you're about to face the best running back in the league. Kenny Clark's playing too many snaps. He's playing more snaps than any defensive tackle in the league. And Blake Martinez is making tackles, but they all appear to be four or five yards downfield with the runner running him over. I also like, on the Packers side of things, Aaron Rodgers' comments about that Chargers game where they went there a day early uh, to L.A. to acclimate to the climate uh, (laughs) and the time change. And he kind of hinted that some of the guys didn't make right decisions and and maybe went out partying in L.A., uh, which, again, sometimes you forget. These are 25-year-old millionaires that when they get the opportunity in the middle of a a harrowing NFL football season to have fun, they're going to go have fun and maybe have six more drinks than they expected to or whatever they do to cut loose. And that could be something that happened, whatever, but you would expect if that was a real case behind the scenes that this would have been a focused week where everybody was like, got their head on. Maybe they were trying to live up to Packer tradition. Famously, you know, the first Super Bowl in Los Angeles, they, you know, Max McGee from Tulane boozed so hard he showed up, showed back up on Super Bowl morning at six in the morning as the coaches were leaving and he goes out and gets, you know, a couple big grabs. hangover. I mean, that's a a bit of a different error. That's what I thought. A lot of these teams put a clamp on that business and, you know, not to point to Matt LaFleur, but maybe Matt LaFleur needs to... If Aaron Rodgers mentioned it, because we're asking if it happened, I'm going to assume it happened. Right. I, I, I'm assuming he was not part of it if he's calling out the people he was with, but if uh, he you... He doesn't hang out with his teammates. That <laughs> probably feels realistic, too. They only ran 49 plays against the Chargers, and I, I mean, we'll I'm get surprised to... surprised they ran that many. We'll get to the Chargers before this, because we'll talk about them tonight, but I want to see how they what? follow it up, but, well, that's how this show works. We've already talked about <laughs> the Chargers. The, the Panthers, I thought took the training wheels off Kyle Allen last week, or he just was more aggressive because he went for it. Like he made a lot of tough downfield throws and he hit quite a few of them. I thought he had one of his best performances 
And I don't know if it was just a change in philosophy or something they decided to do during the bye week, but they they were a much more aggressive passing game. And I, I think th- this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think you picked well, Dan. Thank you. And I, I did also look in the mirror. And even though it's on the edge, I'm going to stay away from it. I just feel I'm very strong in my conviction that the Packers will take care of business hmm. and get back on track. Um, next up in the draft is Mark Sessler. All right, well... Last week, I don't like what happened in this draft last week. I got stuck with two late games, and I, I, I'm threatening to do the same again because I'm going early with the Browns game once more, one more time because this is the end of... This is where I may be... You know, last week, you could argue, was the end of the Browns season. If they were to lose this week, I stopped picking the games, and I'm going to let one of you handle Browns games from here on out, potentially. Lucky us. <laughs> well, it's because it's not a pleasant surprise anymore. It's a, it makes Sundays longer. Don't need it. The Browns, to me feel like I imagined you know the season started so poorly against the Titans and it's almost like they never really woke up from that nightmare but here's my concern if you took them in a time machine and you said all right you know everything you know today coaching staff on down to the last guy in the roster we we this was your preseason we're going to take you back in time and start over again I don't trust this coaching staff or any of the players to change the results if they had a chance to do it all over again from scratch. I see a club that is completely discombobulated mm. and simply cannot get out of its own way. And the offense, to me, the biggest concern is really some of these teams that cannot close drives. They have not been able to close drives all year long. The aggressive downfield nature of Baker Mayfield from last season is withered up. He's one of the, he is the worst quarterback in the league right now when not facing pressure. So all this about blaming the offensive line week after week doesn't hold a lot of water. He's simply not playing well. And I look at the quarterback coach, and I look at the offensive coordinator. Where is Todd Munkin in the middle of all this? It's not his offense from Tampa Bay. That's they won't for let sure. him call the plays. I just think they have to re- look in the mirror and reorganize from the bottom up. The, criti- the criticism, especially this week after the Broncos lost, is really starting to mount uh, at the quarterback position. And... To talk about that a little bit more, I got a surprise guest calling into Ooh. the show right now. Uh, Freddie Kitchens. Big announcement. No, hey, Baker. Freddie's busy looking in the classifieds. Um, we have a uh, special guest. Big bombshell announcement that came on uh, Twitter that Nick Shook, our old friend, the bodybuilder, mm. uh, is back with NFL Media. He's the new writer for the Around the NFL um, news operation we have and now he joins us on the pod to talk a little Browns because previously he worked for the Browns what's up Nick hey guys how are you wow Shook's back <laughs> welcome back Shook and Shook back. just so you know we have a live stream on YouTube right now and then people can watch it anytime <gasps> I took the liberty of going through your uh, public facing social media and picking out some of my favorite photos of you and we're just going to have that on a loop during this conversation if you're comfortable with that uh, good if you're not y- you know let me know I'm a little frightened by what might be up there, but we'll go with it. It's a lot of biceps. It's a lot it's of basketball. Not a lot of sleeves. I'm kind of. I'm a bit shocked that Nick Shook entered back into this dynamic that he deals <laughs> yeah, with yeah. on this show. You know, you talk about not wearing sleeves. Uh, Brown special teams coordinator Mike Prefer and I used to run into each other in the hotel on road trips, and he'd usually run to me after I was coming back from the hotel gym. So he started this thing where he'd go into every press conference and I would sit in the front row and he'd just look at me and go, oh, well, why, why are you wearing sleeves today? Why aren't you showing off the gun? So you guys aren't the only one. <laughs> so, Shook, let, we're talking Browns-Bills and, um, 
you know, you not only were working for the Browns until this week, you were traveling with them. Uh, what has been your sense uh, with what's went wrong this season, and what is the vibe behind the scenes there in Cleveland? Uh, there's a little bit of, of just uneasiness. I don't know if I would call it tension. I think tension often uh, intimates that, that things are, are in a negative light, and it's not that. But, you know, there's a lot of pressure on this team going into the season. There was a lot of new faces and a lot of moving parts that didn't have a lot of time to get used to each other. And I think you're seeing the results of that to an extent on the field. And, and, and it does affect, you know, the mood surrounding the team. You know, when are they going to turn it around, especially after this losing streak and really especially after this loss to Denver because, you looked at their schedule through their first seven games, and you thought, wow, they've really played some tough opponents. you got Seattle, you got San Francisco, Los Angeles, the Patriots, uh, Baltimore, which is who they beat. So, you know, a tough schedule to start, but you thought, all right, well, maybe they'll get on track when they play Denver. And they didn't do that, so now it's really like, well, are they ever going to win a game again? So, uh, you know, there are, there are I think, uh, some concerns. I don't know if I would go so far as to call it issues, and I think that implies that there's, there's some discontent or disconnection in the locker room. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but... I just think it's a group that's not, you know, figuring out how to play together and really get into a rhythm. That's the thing that they've struggled to do the most is get into some type of rhythm that they could establish in a game and then ride to a victory. And uh, so far, that's how they pretty much ended up at this point. They have Kareem Hunt back this week. And I'm just wondering, you look at this coaching staff and, you know, you are you were couched with them. So I'm not asking you to flame anyone, but do, it. do you trust? Flame them. Well, do you trust this coaching staff to say, we have a new weapon. We're going to learn how to maximize him after what we've seen with a rather star-studded group of skill position players playing rather underwhelming football? You know, I don't want to say I don't trust them because I think these are all good coaches, but I think it's, an, it's again, another new piece that doesn't hasn't had a lot of time to get acclimated with these guys. Now, the good thing is Kareem has been in the building. He's been able to practice for the last few weeks. So he has had some time and some reps with those guys. But again, you just wonder, you know, how are they going to work him into the offense? How are they going to establish a rapport with him when they're still struggling to establish a rapport with really anybody on this team? And, and I think it all goes back to really the rhythm and the play calling and, and the way that they've gotten in, in the way of themselves, which is, you know, with self-inflicted mistakes, penalties, turnovers, that kind of thing. But then even last week, they eliminated that, and they still couldn't come away with the victory. So, you know, today I kind of thought about it and said, well, you know, there were three different times where they had the ball late, they were down a single score, and they had the opportunity to take the lead or at least tie it and send the game to overtime. You know, there was week three against the Rams, and they couldn't score from the four-yard line on four straight plays. There was the game against Seattle where they had the ball laid down four, and they threw an interception off the hands of Dontrell Hilliard. And then there was last week where it was fourth and four, and they couldn't convert there uh, to try to get the go-ahead touchdown in Denver. So, even if you add these new pieces and all this talent that's there, can they really execute? I mean, that's the thing that we've heard from Freddie Kitchens a lot is execution, execution. It's a lack of ex- execution. Once they got rid of the penalties, they just couldn't execute. And, hmm. you know, it sounds overly simple, but I really do think that is the case. Let's talk it, it, Let's it, talk it, about it, the Bills, Shook. Let's talk about the Bills side of things uh, because uh, this is a – what a big spot for Buffalo here because now New England – and I'm not going to go crazy here because no one has ever thought the, the, the Bills have a chance to comp- contend in this division. And I'm not saying that they can. But they're one game out, and their schedule, which we all know, continues to stay, stay soft. I mean, the Browns are one of the biggest disappointments in the league. They get Cleveland. They go to Miami. Then they're home for Denver. If they took care of business, they could get uh, to December at 9-2. and two. Uh, the, the Bills, to me, Wes, are a team that – 
if they can take care of this business, we should be taking them seriously, even though you, there is a sense that people don't view them in that way. I've taken them less seriously of late because they have a major problem. They are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. The Eagles went over 200 yards on them. They made Adrian Peterson look like 2014 Adrian Peterson. They are the worst screen pass defense in the league, which is why I expect Kareem Hunt to have a big role this week. And I expect Nick Chubb to run on them. I, I am not impressed with their defense anymore like I was in September. No, the, the underlying stats are pretty bad for the Bills. Uh, you know, if you look at DVOA, which is football outsiders' way that they measure efficiency, the Browns are one spot ahead of the Bills on the season. If you look at the way they do estimated wins, which is more about yards per play and it you know takes in the opponents, Again, the Bills are a worse team, slightly worse. They're like the 23rd and 24th best teams in the league. And that's why the Browns are favored in this game, you know, in the what? desert. And I'm not I'm not surprised by that. Whoa. To me, this is a coin flip game. They're at home. I do kind of wonder though. The Bills are it, not who you think they is are. Is it right a home now. field advantage right now for Cleveland cuz the second they fall Whoa. down to score, it's like you feel that pressure. I don't know. It's not so much that. A 6 and 2 team maybe not as good as their record indicates, but the Browns have shown us nothing to say that they're going to win a game against the winning team. I guess that well, does hold surprise. On. Me. I mean, they've been close. They were close against Seattle. They were close against the Rams. They were wiped they out just got by San Francisco. By Brandon Allen. I, I mean, this is this is a team that is, the Bills should be. Their biggest problem is themselves in a lot of the in a lot of ways. Uh, Shook, before as is always go, the case with bad teams. I'm I'm curious. How do you think Baker Mayfield just you know is handling his first real struggles? and adversity on the field since he was a freshman in college, like on a day-to-day beat. I know there's a lot of jokes this week about how he looked after you know, last week's game and all that, but how, how is he kind of handling it? Because he came in, he's all about confidence, and I, I have to imagine that, that it's, it's not the same as it was eight weeks ago. Well, you know, it's funny. Sitting in that press conference, it never occurred to me that he looked like he did in photos and on TV. But then after seeing it again, it was like, wow, yeah, he looks a little disheveled <laughs> there. And obviously, we, we've heard plenty of comments about how he shaved twice from the time he got to the stadium to the time he left the stadium. I saw but, him looking for cans in the back alley after that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, it's it's interesting because if you consider his career, and you kind of mentioned it there, Greg, he hasn't really gotten to a point that he got to this summer, which was – this is this summer. This off season was the first time where he didn't have the whole world doubting him or not expecting him to succeed. You know, everybody loved him. Everybody loved his potential, and 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 all the things were positive about the Browns. And you almost wonder if not that he lost that fire, but you know that's what drives him. And and it makes you wonder if if you know not having all those doubters might have maybe for the first time led him to be a little bit complacent. Now I can't obviously confirm this. I don't know him well enough. You know, I've interacted with him, but I don't know him. Well, yes, you I don't know whether that was the case or not, but I mean, he did spend the summer, you know, doing some some commercials and getting married. And I'm not saying that that really affects it, but it is an illustration of the fact that he had this love from the outside that he'd never really had before. And you wonder if that affected the way he's played and the way you know he he was he approached this season. Uh, I do. I will say that having been there for every training camp practice that they had, he's been inaccurate this entire time. I mean, he was inaccurate in practice in July, and it was just slightly off. And you thought, well, maybe it's camp. Maybe it's just something that they'll work on, but it hasn't gotten any better. Now, in the last few games, he has played a little bit better. That interception on the on the touch pass, notwithstanding against New England, you know, statistically he's played a little bit better. But they still haven't produced wins, and they haven't been able to come up in the clutch. And I think that's the most concerning thing. You know, like Mark said, they their biggest problem is themselves. And if they could just execute, they could probably come away with some wins. And that's why I think that they still have somewhat of a chance to resurrect the second half of the season, but they would pretty much have to win out to really do that, which is obviously a tall task for anybody, especially with the way they're playing right now. So, I mean, this, these next eight games are going to tell us a lot about the makeup and moxie of Baker Mayfield because 
right now, so far, he just hasn't been anywhere near where he was as a rookie. You know what I'm going to do with Nick Shook on the phone? I'm locking up Cleveland because I either this thing either this oh. thing is going to be uh, you know a glorious oh. Sunday or I'm going to continue just to burn up like a nuclear bomb landing on Earth with the lock situation. I go where Mark goes. Oh. West do what? I actually kind of like this one. Though. I do think the Browns are going to win. I mean, I just, again, I worry about Sunday night. I didn't. Worry. I worry about what happens when you lose a lock and the Browns lose. I mean, I've shown literally no emotion all year. I think we're good. I just saw some emotion locking up a two and six against awesome. yeah, yeah. Two. Choosing them is showing. You know what it is? There's these these model shots of Nick Shook like yeah, shooting free throws. Like, I don't. Know, you you've clearly hired a photographer, Nick, at some point to get to maximize this. Check out our YouTube show. It's yes. up on our Nick, uh, Twitter. Uh, Nick, we got to move on. The draft. Uh, the the clock is up. But thank you for joining us and welcome back. We're really excited to have you and see you at. I know you're going to be doing your work back in Cleveland, but I'm sure we're going to get a chance to see you every once in a while, including at the various tentpole events, and that's great news. Yeah, definitely. You know what? I'll say one thing, Mark. You know, for as emotionless as you've been, I don't think you've been able to encounter an emotional uh, 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 impasse or, or a challenge like the one I encountered in which they fly to San Francisco for a Monday night game and you're with the team and they get the doors blown off and then you have to fly back in the middle of the night five hours on a team full of guys who just got destroyed. So uh, it's a new level there. You were too close, Nick. You flew too close to the sun, literally, with the plane. All right, uh, Nick Shook, ladies and gentlemen. That guy works out. All right, let's move on. Uh, Greg, you are picking third. I am, and I'm going to go with one of my maxims. It's the Tony Romo game early. It's Chiefs. It's Titans. I don't think this will necessarily be it's close. good pick. I like But I'm, pick. I want to enjoy Romo in the morning. I want to enjoy Patrick Mahomes' return to the field. That's not official as we tape this, but he is practicing fully, and it sure looks like he's going to be back. And I don't think the Chiefs needed a reminder. They shouldn't have because they were a Super Bowl championship-level team last year. If they won a coin toss, they'd probably win the Super Bowl. They should be reminded after last week, really the last two, they can win the Super Bowl. You beat the Vikings with Matt Moore at quarterback and I think look like the better team doing it. You hold the Vikings to 300 yards. When Tyreek Hill is back and their whole offense just – Makes more sense when Tyree kills playing at his best, which I think he is now. Watkins is now the number two. Damian Williams is the clear running back. I think they're settling into who they are. And I think the defense is better this year. And they're playing uh, a Tennessee team, which is, I think, earning Dan's ire more. I can't. I was going to say the word, but I can't even do it. It's, what? No, it's, I, I'm kind of out on even that because right. there, that Marcus can, Mariota was a big issue with the Titans uh, scenario. And it, right. But they just they exist. That's all they, they do. They exist, and I don't think they can hang with a, a team with this sort of championship-level talent. I think losing Malcolm Butler is a big loss for a team that if they're going to go anywhere and if they're going to get anywhere close to the wild card berth, fifth or sixth slot, slot, slot in the AFC, it's, you, it's through your defense. And so when you lose a starting corner, I just I don't like that situation for them. I think the Chiefs we've forgotten about because they haven't had those magic moments from Mahomes and because the Ravens just took down the Patriots. And I think Baltimore became that team that people are focusing on as the number one or two slot in the AFC. This is going to be a different narrative after Sunday night. Wes, you look like you're you're not happy with what I was saying there. I did not. I thought the Vikings were clearly the better team, and they, they were got outgained by seventy-five a, yards with Matt Moore at quarterback. They were about to run away with the game, driving down the field, 
and an illegal man downfield call changed everything. They were about to go up two scores, and that was the turning point in the game, and then Damian Williams' 91-yard touchdown happened right after that. that I thought so the huge. Vikings were in control. The My- Williams' touchdown was so huge because, yeah, I think Moore played very well in these two weeks, but they kind of needed somebody to step up and, and get that game back in their favor, and they did that. And by the way, you mentioned Tyreek Hill. Is he healthy? Damian Williams runs a 4-4. He looked really And Tyreek Hill caught up to Damian Williams during the touchdown sprint, 91 yards. Oh, and what does he run, like a 3-6? What's going on here? I think Tyreek Hill it has a chance to have his best like stretch. Like he hasn't. There's been different parts where he's where him and Mahomes have been healthy at the same time. Not this year. And I just feel like he's about as dominant an offensive figure. And with them healthy, he could he could take off. The difference, though, Wes, I think is the defense is is something this year. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good pass defense. They're not great, but. Just the fact that their defense can kind of help them win some games is way different than a year ago. Somebody, I've had a few people ask us to explain DVOA. Basically, if you're watching a game and you say, hey, that yard on fourth and one is worth a lot more than a yard on first and 10, DVOA counts that. If you say a yard versus, let's say, the Patriots defense against a yard versus um, the Dolphins defense, DVOA factors in your opponent. It factors in all these different situations during the game to even out the stats and make them make sense like you're it, actually watching the game. Does it factor in garbage time? It absolutely factors in garbage that's time. That's important. That's where, that's where total yardage sometimes can get skewed. The Titans, it, this matchup reminds me of you know Mike Malarkey and, and Mariota leading them to a playoff win in Kansas City. And John Robinson, their general manager, has been there for a while. On paper, their talent's like a little better, but there's no progress since then. I mean, there's no juice. The, their, their, their draft picks are either okay or, or, or less, and their free agent pickups, like Saffold's been a bust for them. Deion Lewis has been a, a bust for them. Cameron Wake is not really playing lately, although I like that signing. They, they just don't have much juice. That comeback win by the Titans would never ever have occurred on our earth history if Patrick Mahomes were a quarterback either. wasn't all on Alex Smith, but... That's fair. The um, the biggest thing I'm looking for in this game is how does Mahomes... How is he moving? Because he came back a little earlier on the timetable. We've heard that this is something that he might still need surgery for after the season. If he comes back, is he Patrick Mahomes or is he going to be limping around after one hit in the second quarter? That, I mean, that, that could decide whether or not the Chiefs are a real contender. Wes, you're up. I am going with the Los Angeles Rams at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Aaron Donald's return. Oh, wait a second. It is time now for the road to victory. Chris Wesseling presented by the United States Marine Corps. Tell us about it. Well, this is a matchup where you have a Rams team that has not been quite as good this year. Their offensive line has struggled. Brandon Cooks will not be playing. He's going to see a concussion specialist. So this is not the Rams of yesteryear, and this is a very good Steelers defense. I believe they're up to a top-five defense in DVOA now. Secondary's on fire. Cameron Hayward's having a good year. T.J. Watt is as good as any edge rusher in the league this year. Great matchup. And on the other side, I'm not going to disparage Mason Rudolph anymore. I realize the problem is inside of me, and it's not with him. It's the midseason doldrums, and bad football has just got me a little bit more upset than I should. We're being a little mean. So you're higher on him than before? You're you're not on that beat anymore? I I should allow for the fact that players can improve. 
Well, you, you're you're testing yourself by taking him once again. I think this is like your third straight week with Rudolph. <laughs> it's a very self-destructive move. Every week, Greg says, ah, Steelers are West's team. He watches them every week. And West goes, that's not true. And then he picks them in the draft. <laughs> I don't think it was the Steelers I said that about. Was I it? Know. I don't know. The, this Rams team, I thought they did a couple good things going into the bye. They, they had some good opponents to do it against, but they played with tempo. They really split the, the snaps between Daryl Henderson and Gurley. I mean, right down the middle. And Henderson gives them a little bit of juice. I, I'm curious. We've given this coaching staff a lot of credit over the years. They just got their bye. They kind of survived the first half of the season, five and three. I, I, I'm curious to see what type of team they come out as. Because it wouldn't surprise me if they look like a, a better team in the second half of the season. Come on. Give them a little credit. Steelers are first in the league in sacks. Jared Goff can get that deer in the, he- uh, you know, deer in the headlights. Second play. in the league in turnovers forced. It got me thinking if they had Roethlisberger healthy with the defense that's mm. second in the league in turnovers forced, that's a Super Bowl contender for sure. I Thank will you. not be surprised when they are in contention in Week 17 for I last be. AFC playoff berth. I will be. Let's pick this game, Mark. The Rams have allowed 20 points in two weeks against, you know, suspect teams to be kind in the Falcons and Bengals, but I think that they are going to put the clamps on Pittsburgh's offense and win 23-13. to 13. Whoa. The Pittsburgh quarterback, who should not be named, <laughs> gets, Wait a second. gets a little panicky under pressure. Well, he gets a lot panicky under pressure, and Aaron Donald brings as much pressure as anyone. So as much as I like the Steelers' defense in a home game and as much as I don't trust Jared Goff on the road, I just... I got to lean toward the Rams. I don't know. How's this Rams team traveling this year? I, I don't know. I don't know if I trust them in this game. Their quarterback never travels. Well. I think this is a field goal game, and uh, I'll give it to the Rams because I think they're a better mm. team, but it would not surprise me. I'll say 21-17. I mean, they're 3-1 and one on the road and lost their only game on the road to Seattle by one point. Right. And so they've, been, they've traveled they, well. And they probably right. should have won. I have the Rams, and this was – I debated between this game and another as my lock. I'm not locking it, but I, d- I do feel pretty good that the Rams are going to – I think they're going to be a better team in the second half. All right, there you go. And that was the road to victory presented by the United States Marine Corps. And love those even, Marines. Love those Marines. Uh, they're heroes, the real heroes. And now, Wes, yeah. it is time to snake. <laughs> Slither your way to your next pick. I hate to do this to Greg. Uh-oh. But you love it, too, though. Sorry. No, I don't love it at all. I don't really love this game, but it's clearly the best one I don't know to even where you're going. I know Your favorite rivalry in the league, Falcons at Saints. I mean, it's seen better days. <laughs> 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 well, I think Saints fans are still ravenous and want to put it on the Falcons regardless because this rivalry, it has surprised me at times the extent to which feelings get hurt in this rivalry mm. and the intensity of it. But the Saints... With Drew Brees back, I, I don't know that they have a weakness at all. Uh, the defense is phenomenal. The way this team is built, they have nailed draft picks. And it's not just that they're all pro bowlers. Guys like Vaughn Bell and Marcus Williams, their two safeties, might be the best safety tandem in the league this year. Um, Cameron Jordan, everybody knows about. Demario Davis nailing that free agent pick. He's playing at a pro bowl level. And, and the offense, oh. Alvin Kamara is supposed to be back too. So what what is the weakness on this team? Drew Brees mentioned this week he wanted to make sure to get the other wide receivers involved. Uh, okay, that's th- one. Thinking about how they were slow at the end of last year and that he hasn't really played this year. And, you know, they didn't exactly do that in Arizona. And so that 
but it, when you're looking that deep to like, hey, we got to get more guys involved just because our dominant, you know, wide receiver Michael Thomas and our great running game is kind of doing everything for us. That's a good problem. I mean, because Michael Thomas is on track right now for 146 receptions, which would beat Marvin Harrison's record of 143. Careful there. 2002. Why? Yeah, so keep Marvin Harrison's name Michael out of your Thomas, mouth. be careful. Well, I don't feel concerned personally, but I, you know, that that's probably not news to him. What's the record? 143. I would go. I would go with 142. That's where I would. Stop. Well, especially if they're trying to spread it around to this extent. But what other team in the league loses their quarterback? Spread it out. Go ahead. Loses Alvin Kamara and finds a way to improve, get deeper, and get better. I mean, Latavius Murray, who there were a lot of questions about, totally stepped up and did the job. We know Teddy Bridgewater did. And the Falcons, meanwhile, have lost Muhammad, Muhammad Sanu. And they've stepped down. They've stepped down and been a total disappointment. I think that one of the most disappointing players in the league all year has to be Devonta Freeman. Mm. Yes. Right? I mean, he's Absolutely. just been week after week, he, and he's getting yeah. touches. Move. Too. Can't make any He doesn't have this. the burst anymore. They changed their kicker. Everyone thought they might fire Quinn. They changed their kicker and their punter during the bye week. So we got Young Way Koo. What was the Wearing Michael Vick's number seven, which is just feels like uh, <laughs> putting a target on his back. It's not what I wanted for Koo 2.0. I thought that was a good idea. What a year in Atlanta. Wow. All right. We do have the Taysom Hill. He Ooh, where has are we at re- with that? Reach seven. And I think it's arrow up with Why Drew Why does he Brees. have to reach seven? Because it was a sandwich bet, and he's at three. And I was real concerned about this a week ago. He got three. He got his third last week. And with with Breeze back, I think they're going to use him more in the red zone and in ways where he's gonna he's gonna meet that sandwich bet. I like this is. better because when you're rooting uh, against the Bucks pass rusher Shaq, it felt it felt there's an ugliness to it. You, well, that you was that's a prepared struggle. vengeful streak made by the three of you. I'm However, not rooting against anyone. In this case, you're rooting for a man to succeed, which I like that. I've also learned that sandwich bets are much more enjoyable when you have an entire year to find out if they happen or not versus predicting like a tornado taking out 200 animals and people in week four. You know what I and thought Then it, it doesn't happen. Um, that you, when we were in London, predicted that a player would miss time with an animal-related injury? We came close. Oh, that cat. If the cat just could have nibbled on someone and they needed a, t- you know, a rabies tri- shot. Yeah, tripped on Here's the, the thing, but there is Maybe a, the rabies shot in the belly gets infected and you just got to take a week off. I would say this. MetLife Stadium released an update suggesting that they have not found the cat. The cat is still there. And the cat probably, you know, even animals need attention. Not, I shouldn't of even course. say even. Of course, or revenge. He, or revenge. I mean, he got a lot of attention. Next time he hears that crowd roar, maybe he comes out, and this time he bites someone. He comes out with purpose. You know, he was a little skittish. Didn't seem to know what he wanted when he was on the field on Monday night. Comes bite out that Sunday, player this time. Remember the taking a chop that's gonna, He's going to bite Sam Darnold right in the butt. Remember the groundskeeper <laughs> for the Seattle Mariners <laughs> took a cat off the field once and spent like – Five seconds trying to stop being bit by the thing as it was taken off. Angry cat. All right. Next up, Greg Rosenthal. Is it now? <laughs> I will. Uh, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I'll, um, Smooth as silk. I'll take the Cardinals Bucks game as a, a backup in the morning. That's a Rosenthal special, right? Yeah, there. I, I saw you tweet about that, and so I was like, you know what? When he's right, he's right. <laughs> uh, I kind of like watching this Cardinals team a little bit more every week. They get David Johnson back. They're intriguing. I think it's a good sign Cliff Kingsbury has changed up what they did so dramatically between September and October. That's a, that's a sign of a good coach. This is not a talented offense at all, and they're 
kind of getting it done. I think Kyler Murray's very calm. He doesn't make mistakes. He just feels like a, a professional. I mean, a professional that's going to be around for a long time. I just like what I've seen. And this is a, a game where it's going to be really hard to run. Every team's got to kind of decide, do we just go crazy pass heavy against the Bucks because they're so good stopping the run? Uh, that would be interesting if the Cardinals do it because they're, they're not a great passing attack. It's not on Murray, but it's just not a talented group I'm, around him. I'm feeling good about Murray's second half here. And he made some throws, including that one where he dropped down, I think, on the Cardinals' Twitter feed. They called it a fadeaway touchdown pass uh, that was just perfectly placed, and not a lot of guys can move and put the ball, put that much zip on the ball. He's also one stat that really jumps out to me, especially, Mark, as we know with young quarterbacks, how turnover-prone they could be. He hasn't had a turnover in five games. Now, you could also say there's a lot of uh, you know low-risk passes and he's throwing short of the sticks a lot, perhaps, but that means he's protecting the ball. And in a first-year starter that's been thrown into the fire, I think that is a very good sign. And he's running a lot, relatively. Yeah, and I will, I will say on the subject of Kingsbury that there was certain, when you're around the league as much as we are and you talk to people and you hear – you know, certain. We're bathing in this information, that secret information that just comes to us. When you're you around, it, what you idiots don't know, what <laughs> <Yeah>. is it? <laughs> Which you people don't understand. But there was a certain man. That would be great to see Cliff Kingsbury fail. And I think a lot of it was coming from people that also study the college game closely and thought that he squandered talent in his job and that he didn't do a good job when he was at Texas Tech. And they thought, oh, now he's the hot shot that's going to light the NFL on fire. And he hasn't lit the NFL on fire. But to Greg's point, this team is improving as the season's going on. And they and they were very competitive. There's no shame in losing by three points to the Niners. What kind of like game. super punk on Adam Gase was it for Kingsbury to bring in Kenyon Drake off of, you know, sight unseen a couple days and he blows up against the best defense in the league. I think Adam Gase has bigger things to worry about. But he well, was. he does, but it was just a little thing he didn't need to deal with on a Thursday night. When they get Edmonds back, I mean, Edmonds, Drake, and David Johnson, that that's a wild backfield. I also think the Bucks are playing better. You know, they offensively did really well in Seattle. I think Jameis has had his two best games of the year. In a row, this has to be the unluckiest team in the league, right? They they are. If you look at the expected wins, for instance, on Football Outsider, this is more of a four and four team. Uh, they've lost a lot of close games. They find ways to lose close games, but they've played good teams tight, and then they find ways to lose. What's impressed me about the Bucks is how many teams have had as many breakout sort of stars as they have: Godwin, Ronald Jones, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett. These guys were not nucleus players a year ago. And on the other hand, O.J. Howard has been a nothing for them. Cameron Braid has been a nothing for them. They don't use tight ends. But they have found some nucleus players. The question is, when are they ever going to fix the secondary? And is their quarterback a franchise quarterback? Uh, Winston played his best game, though. I mean, they had touchdown drives of 7, 9, 12, and 10 plays last week. It was the best three-quarter stretch I think he's had. I'm going to do the ultimate glass half full Bucks take here that Jameis Winston non-consecutively with games has had an amazing half a season. <laughs> yeah. They played eight games, and he's been legitimately good in four of them. He's been very bad in the other four. That's who he is. Yeah, that, yeah that's, who, that's who that's he is. Why, year two, that though. is who he is. Here's the thing. It's, they're unlucky, I mean, but they're unlucky, and they should be like a seven or eight win team. So it's... There's no middle we, ground with that guy, What are we talking though. about? I get why people are – that he drives coaches mad but also entices coaches because he's not just a bad quarterback. He's not like a Mariota type. You like pretty he is throws. more highs and lows. Has some pretty throws. Yeah, he, I, if he you does, just like the, uh, the throwing of the football – 
He, he does, do but it. when you watch him versus Russell Wilson, you see that Russell Wilson has timing, touch, and okay. trajectory well, that, that Jameis Winston just doesn't Russ have. Wilson, that's dangerous, bro. Uh, well, that's your MVP asked, right now. Someone asked me, if Andy Dalton plays to the level of his surrounding talent, wouldn't you want him on the Bucks? And I said, no, because why, why would you give away Jameis Winston's upside for Andy Dalton? He's yeah. the middle. Right. Yeah. They're yeah. both in the middle. They just get there different ways. Well put. Uh, Mark, you are up. That was really well put, Greg. That was, <laughs> oh, you know what? That was the best. The, that was the best little aside of the season. I'm not speaking about Jameis ever again. <laughs> All right, I'm going to strategically take a 4 p.m. game on the East Coast, but it'll be 1 p.m. 1:05 p.m. our time uh, for people that don't care about that little nugget. <laughs> Dolphins at Colts. Now well, you don't have a lot of choices. Well, uh, let's well, be honest. The whole slate is this is suspect. a bad game. I I will not look forward to this. The, game. the back half of the one. Yeah. Game, we should be quick so that we leave time for these nice primetime games. I'm with you on that, and I would I would view it this way. Instead of telling me I'm picking a bad game, I'm taking it away from you guys having to deal with it because That's of generous. that giving spirit that I have towards uh, the three of That's you. In cool, theory, man. thanks, Mark. That's All really right. cool, man. Love you, bro. There we go. Give it up for Mark. Do we need to say anything? It's in his heart. My one thing about the Dolphins is I know, uh, first of all, if I were this whole organic tank situation, I would look at teams that went 0-16 or 1-15 or 2-14, got the quarterback they wanted, and where they are a year or two later. It does not solve all your issues. I, I give it – it's a nice idea. See what happens there. The Dolphins, I think, are going to go about 4-12. and They play the Jets, Giants, Bengals, and Browns down the stretch. I have no – they the way that they're playing each week – That's not how you get to a – No, you're get, they're getting a little a bit better. Wins, Ryan though, Fitzpatrick – Four but, seems – Seems and I, I'm just saying they could get two or three, which can pull you when you've got I the Bengals, the Redskins in that mix. You could be the team with the third they're or fourth pick. With and Fitzpatrick, they're, they're too competitive. competitive. They were. Can I just tell you they're not the same team as they were last week when they beat the Jets. Their best receiver was Preston Wilson out for the year with He's an gone. ACL. Their little, mm. not winning streak, but the little streak of playing competitively. Little. Coincided with Mark Walton being a physical, bruising running back, suspended four games. Yep. Their two best offensive weapons are gone. So is Xavier Howard. I know that's been for a few weeks. But, yeah, they don't have a lot of top-shelf talent. You would think the Colts' offensive line could just grind this defense into dirt by the by the end of the game. If they're well, as good as, as, as we think they are. I do like uh, Zach Pascal, though. He uh, really well. yes. looks like a cool le- little player, dog. Like a legit starting receiver. He's, he's the only receiver left in the Colts. We never t- I don't think we ever talked about Wrong week it. to pick up, bring up Mike Francesa, by the way. T- a tough suggest. time for Mike. Um, but uh, T.Y. Hilton, that non-contact injury, that's, you know, he's had a tough year. He's it been makes this to team stay a way less watchable. And is what's going on with Jake Brisket? Where are we at right now as of he Thursday practiced. afternoon? He practiced. Tentatively I mean, expected to play. He will. It seems like he wants to, and he's pushing for it. He's not, you know, he's not a fleet of foot guy. Will he be able to move in the pocket? And again, same thing with Mahomes. This would be even more extreme because he just got hurt. Is he survive, you know, a couple pass rushes his way? It's a good team to, uh, to be out on the field against, though. It, Fitz is playing pretty well, though. I mean, yeah, he, he is. is. Yes. I was thinking about it. He, he he's still the second best quarterback in the AFC East. They shot too high for their. They shot too high with him. He's unnecessary. Greg. He's sort of a luxury that I think a lot of teams with young quarterbacks who are playing behind awful offensive lines would like to have, just to give that young quarterback a mental break for a month, and say, "All right, once we get all of our talent back, then we'll put him in." I don't know. Let's crunch some of those analytics. He might be the best quarterback in the AFC. Oh, stop. don't hit <laughs> let's, that. Let's crunch some. I'm just saying this guy's amazing. What a career. <laughs> All right. Delicious. 
He's having fun. I love Fitz. I'll never. I maybe he'll finish the tour. I want him to. He'll come to New England, be Tom Brady's backup or something. That would be fun. All right. Uh, I am up on the snake, so I will take. I'm glad this game's still here. Well, I'm not snaking yet, Mister Slithers. Mister Slithers. <laughs> the Lions at the Bears. Now. Well, that's an upset. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, gentlemen. Um, the Lions will drive you crazy. If you're a Lions fan, a Kevin Patra type, there's only one Kevin Patra, of course. But you look at 3-4-1 and one and you're so angry because we know they kicked away that week one game and they've had several games now this season where they just executed a little bit better. If they got to stop here or there, they are in the middle of the NFC playoff race and instead they're they're about to fall out of it. And that has nothing to do with what's happening on the offensive side of the football. In fact... I think one guy that has kind of flown under the radar for years, I've always loved him, uh, Marvin Jones. He is a great player in this offense. He is he is really, he's on pace for career high in yardage totals. He, he's a playmaker for Detroit. And you put him across from Kenny Galladay, and they are, in terms of one-two tandem, I, I, I didn't look it up, but they have to be right up there against any tandem in football. Matthew Stafford is, as we know, as we've been talking about, has been very good this season, great even. So the offense is built to sustain and uh, and the team can survive with a shaky defense, but this is a bad defense and it's killing them week off week after week. They can't get off the field, they can't get stops, and and they lose these close games as a result. Um, now let me say this: they go to Chicago, and I know this is a bad season for the Bears. It's been probably one of the more disappointing seasons in recent franchise history. Maybe just take a, they've been around a hundred years. Franchise history, given this, what people thought coming into the season, to be three and five and and come be reaching the realization that you you picked the wrong quarterback. That's a tough spot to be in. However, I don't think this is a four and twelve team, and I think they're going to win enough games to keep this from becoming a total embarrassment. I'm not saying they're going to re-enter this race. I think it's like a seven and nine team. Uh, I think the defense will improve, and even though the Lions contend every week. Um, I think this is a game where Chicago gets right. And this is a heat check because the old Zeusers picked four in a row. I'm locking up the Bears to steady the ship, a sinking ship, pl- plug some holes in the hull. It's gutsy. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to lock up the Bears to beat the Lions. But at the same time, it's a total heat check because I could see it going the other way because the Lions on balance have played better this season. I could see Chase Daniel winning that lock for you if it happens because I think we're on Chase Daniel watch at this point. Not even an unnecessary shot at Trubisky, but you know I know the Eagles had a couple players back on their defense, but to do what happened against Philadelphia, Chicago's offense is as concerning a unit as there is in the league right now. They bring back almost identical personnel from last year when they were pretty good, and their offense doesn't do anything well. I'm not sure what their defense does well anymore. You can run. Jordan Howard was running through gaping holes all game. Tough team to throw on, you would think. Okay, it's a tough but, matchup. But where's Eddie Jackson, who got like defensive player of the year mentions last year, and I don't think I've heard his name this year. The pass rush hasn't been as consistent. They've, they've played against a lot of good offensive lines. That's not the case this week. This is an ultimate like weakness-on-weakness weakness matchup when the Bears have the ball because the Lions – are driving their fans crazy because they never blitz. There's some like some fan bases just get obsessed with little things. <laughs> yes, and Lions fans <laughs> and Lions writers are obsessed with the fact that the Lions never blitz. And it's true. They blitz 
way less than any other team. And I don't know if that would, I don't think that would solve their uh, defense, but this is kind of the ultimate, you know, movable object, job object and uh, movable force. This is two disasters going against each that's other. What you, that's what you like to say. And I, the Lions are forever a top 10, top five pain rankings team because certain teams just invite tragedy and uh, the type of head scratching ways to lose that just make the fan base suffer even more. And when they had the game on the line, they get to the goal line uh, on Sunday against the Raiders and they're rushing to the line and the Raiders call timeout. And everyone's like, what is Oakland doing? You're giving the Lions a chance to, to get on the field and get their offense set. Well, guess what? Matthew Stafford said after the game that he had a play set up in his mind with his best playmakers on the field as he was running to the line to get the playoff. And then after the timeout, their <laughs> offense sends out a package that has Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola all on the sideline for the last play of the game, uh, which is leads to a harmless interception. And of course, got to get the ball to Logan Thomas. You, just, you cannot. Spot. That cannot be the way you play football. The game online. That's just poor execution. A jumbo package coaches. with their lead with T.J. Hawkinson not on the field too. And Darren Bevel specializes in answering questions about mm. the final play of the game dramatics, but that was a buzz point too. That this could was, be. This could rough. be kind of like an ugly fun game. You know, so bad it's good. All right, and we'll snake now. Now we'll slither, Mr. Slithers, uh, to the Snoopy Bowl, Giants at Jets. Uh, I, that's, you know, this is some hero work because I know nobody wants to watch this, and I get that. Uh, but I'll watch it just because I need to see um, how low uh, the Gotham teams can go because it's been – this is – every once in a while, it doesn't happen very often – uh, but it happens maybe more than it should when you have both of the New York teams having dreadful seasons. And this one happens to sync up with the every four years when they play each other. So in the metal end, you get a two and seven against a one and seven. And uh, Adam Gase, as we know, has run out of excuses. The pressure is a, a, at a season high after the loss to the Dolphins. You get a Giants team that anybody can score on. Uh, but as we see, here's the crazy thing about the Jets offense. The last two weeks, this, the game started incredibly well with well-oiled, well-executed touchdown drives ending with Donald, Donald touchdown passes. And then once you get past that scripted portion, the whole thing dries up. Uh, is, uh, what is up with that? Is that on the player or is that on the coaching or is it on both? Uh, so I want to see the Jets not only get out of the gate quickly, but not completely shrivel up. And then on the Giants side, uh, it sounds like, and a guy that's had a star, star-crossed uh, career, um, Sterling Shepard might be ending up uh, on the IR with concussion issues. Hmm. Evan Ingram has, this is not good, a midfoot sprain, which sounds an awful lot like that harlot, that wretched woman, Mm. Liz Frank. Can't trust her. He says it's not Liz Frank. Well, Cam said the same thing. It was diagnosed as a midfoot sprain. Touche. <laughs> I don't want that to be the truth. She's so, she lacks so much trust that she'll suddenly she's, appear as Liz Frank. She's the worst she's, kind of woman. Yeah. So many great women. She is not a good one. Uh, so we'll see uh, if Evan Ingram comes back next week, but he's not playing this week. So two bad teams going at it. Somebody's going to win probably, and <laughs> both teams really need it. The Giants have lost five straight, and you know all about the Jets' struggles this season. I thought Leonard Williams showed up pretty well in that first game for the Giants, and it's an interesting – you know, I don't, I don't buy any of these revenge games when employer A has given you millions of dollars to buy a big home in the tri-state area <laughs> – and they were nice enough to trade you somewhere where, in theory, he probably didn't even have to move properties and still was plays it, in the same. I saw him get in the backfield a couple times, but that felt like a regular Leonard Williams game. He had yeah, like a couple. Four, I don't know. He played well. Quarterback hits, didn't 
He could he hits and the you're quarterback. Go, and, he never got there in time. Well, so what's so so what's the biggest issue for the Jets? It's their offensive line. So I'm just saying Leonard Williams could be an annoying Maybe factor if you're a Jets. Maybe he does, but I have four years of evidence mm-hmm. that he won't be getting to the quarterback much. This should be a game where you feel better about your quarterbacks afterwards. There's not a lot of resistance. Yeah, we'll the Jets see. defense has not played well. I mean the tabloids are loving it. The back cover of the New York Daily News was Dumpster Fire nineteen and it's a picture of MetLife Stadium. <laughs> Almost disrespectfully photoshopped with fires, I think, from Los Angeles, you know, above it. You know, That's it's like slightly it's, disrespectful. Oh, yeah. it's, it's on. <laughs> I didn't it's, notice that. It's a lot. And it's brutal because, you know what? New York is a great football city. I think that gets lost. Uh, you could say it was the capital of professional football uh, for the first half of this century. I mean, this this is a town that loves its football and the history goes back and it's and it's rich. You mean 2000 to 2008 or not? No, I'm saying the 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 20th century. Oh, okay. I'm saying 1940s, 50s, it, 60s. It, it. You want a big football game, you play it in New York. Eh, I mean, 50s. And, and you and you know that it is a big football town uh, in, in terms That's of the, a great and, sports and, it, and it's a bad uh, it's a bad time right now. It's it a is. shame Ingram's injured because what Mike Kosicki did to this team. Mike Kosicki who's never played well against anyone. And then to hear Adam Archuleta announcing the game say these Jets cornerbacks cannot cover the Dolphins wide receivers. The Dolphins wide receivers. They sent Tremaine Jackson uh, Johnson, Johnson to IR with two ankle sprains and said, T- you took all the money, now get out of our life. Uh, the Jets, I believe, have just five cornerbacks on their roster heading into this game. Not, not that it should be any excuse, but on top of all the other misery with the Jets this season, they are the most injured team in the league in terms of guys on IR and also on the injured list. So they are shorthanded. Breaking news. Uh-oh. Tremaine Johnson just robbed a bank <laughs> where the Jets Stop. keep their money. Philip Lindsay is moving out of his parents' house. What? Oh, thank God. <laughs> All right. It is about time. That man is a millionaire. Just came across our email. Big story. Where'd he go? The natural rite of passage. Got a condo or... Got what? one of those like apartment, like new apartments that's above... Townhouse. You know, a Starbucks and a pokey place. <laughs> it's breaking. Wes is working. He's working on the, you know, the further what? details. His plan is to move to the city eventually but he's starting they're on a bye so I guess you had to go breaking we weren't gonna get to their game yeah that's true All right, last game Mark Sessler alright well I'm gonna go you know because there's no other options here but I don't hate this game Ravens at Bengals (laughs) I don't hate it I wanna see of course you don't I wanna see a little Ryan Finley action and see what he can do he feels to me like a little bit Andy Dalton 2.0 but I don't think he's the future he's just a stopgap at this point and I, you know, I have no concerns about the Ravens not completely sweeping up the Bengals because the one thing about the first time they met, and I'd like to see what the Bengals do to answer it after the horrendous first outing where Cincinnati looked like a team, and I mentioned it on that Sunday night wrap-up, that had never observed read option plays. They had no concept that a running quarterback could be part of the NFL and do the damage that Lamar Jackson does. And the stories coming out of the New England Sunday night affair where Baltimore totally took care of business was Bill Belichick throwing everything at Lamar Jackson early in terms of disguise coverages, every type of coverage out of the gate. And that Lamar Jackson, not just with his athleticism, which everyone's pointed to, but with his, with his neck up abilities or Dan, his mind. I, I saw you catch yourself there. I am now conditioned to his try mind? to talk around that actual phrase. Why? In your mind, you Well, see I mean, it. not always. I threw it to you, you know, but... How you're telling me that you're going to go from Bill Belichick to what the Bengals are bringing you and not completely drop a total 
destructive bomb on an 0-8 team that has no continuity issues at this point at all on either side of the ball. Ravens in a bloodbath. How sad would it be to be a <laughs> non-destructive bomb? I'd feel bad for that bomb. <laughs> Well, there are bombs like draft bombs that don't do a lot of destruction. For, well, they do to their own team's salary cap and their own teams, but not the intended targets. Existential crisis. Not what the easiest. On uh, <laughs> not the easiest first matchup for Ryan Finley. I mean, the Ravens threw some blitzes at Tom Brady that fooled them. If you if you're able to fool Tom Brady, you're going to be able to throw a lot at Ryan Finley. And the reason I think they could be different down the stretch defensively is. They're so good and deep in the back end. I think they're they're willing to let those guys play man coverage one on one, you know, sometimes and just get wild up front because they're not really generating much pass rush on their own. And so you would think Wink Martindale's breaking out that chain and he's going to be you know, having <laughs> we, fun this week. We talked about Earl Thomas, who had a bad September, but has played really well the last few weeks. And Marlon Humphrey, I thought about putting him on my midseason All Pro team. He's had a great year covering number one receivers and holding his own and making big plays. Jim that is out, back, isn't it, Marcus Wes? Peters? That piece out it's, on the internet. It is in my editor's hands. Oh, boy. It, oh, it, was, no. it was not contentious in any way. They are doing their... Did you hit the deadline? I think so. I mean, Wes, by the way, <laughs> 20 minutes away from uh, driving out to sense. Palm Springs, so the edit desk will be handling any you know, I did a, issues with I that. I did a risky thing because I, I referred to your midseason all-pro team and then wrote, like, insert link here. Assuming you would have filed oh and had it ahead of mine, on. but my game picks are up already, oh, um, my, so that was a little risky. I turned this in hours ago. <laughs> you nailed it. In other words, I think so. It's in someone else's hands to deliver to the people. That's nowhere I'd rather have it be than in someone else's hands. <laughs> um, all right, let's move ah! on to. <laughs> no AJ Green in that game for the Bengals, by the way. Oh, yeah. He declared himself out. If you're the Bengals, he's ready to be gone. Yep. Do you or want paid. the number one pick if you're the Bengals, or do you want to see Ryan Finley play well? The number you can, only, one you pick. can only have one of them. Number one pick. Yeah. No way do you anchor. I, you don't know by way the way, you move I think, on from Andy Dalton I think to anchor you could, yourself I to think Ryan you could play fairly well and you still end up 1-15. I have that pick. same angst with the Jets and Sam Darnold. I would You're, love them Ryan to go 1-15 at this point. Ryan Finley's a fourth round pick, though. Yeah, you have a lot more invested in Darnold. At what cost? All right, uh, let's move this. Now we have two great primetime games, starting with a banger. The Vikings travel to Jarrow World. Big D. Ah! Uh, to face the Cowboys, who, um, uh, you know, this is a really good game, Wes, because we know the Vikings came very close and perhaps should have won that game in Kansas City. They did not. And now this is the te- this is what we've talked about, Wes. This is here a- it is. Kirk Cousins on the road in prime time against a good opponent in all history. He has flunked. Will he flunk on Sunday night? Wow. I think that goes both ways. The Cowboys have beaten cupcakes this year, so they need to prove something too. I guess the narrative is more that Cousins under more pressure. But what I like about this game is, remember when all the smart people were telling you that nobody nobody who knows what they're doing runs the ball anymore? The top five rushing teams in the league all have winning records, and these are two of the top five. Both run the ball really well. Hmm. Well, I mean, the Ravens are doing it totally differently. The the 49ers are pretty run heavy. I worry. The Houston Texans are a top five rushing team. They've had some leads, and they have been good, too. The Vikings I do worry about, though, when Pam Oliver comes back from halftime of last week's games and basically said that Mike Zimmer growled at her about their lack of rushing attempts. And then that's every week, right? Right. I mean, but it's like 
Kirk Cousins has three great weeks, and then there's a bad half, and he's just like, he's like mad again. It's this push and pull. And you know what? They actually did play pretty well in the second half, running the ball and throwing the ball to their running backs. But it's, I don't know. It's Irv this, Smith is playing really like well. Like, Kirk Cousins is streaky. It, that's part of the Kirk Cousins experience is when he's hot, he's hot, and sometimes he's not. That was not a good game by Cousins. I know he made some plays, and they got in the end zone three times, but he was really bad early on, missing guys high, and then he missed uh, missed a couple receivers late. The last possession, which I got on him uh, on Sunday night's show, that was more a breakdown in pass protection than it was on Cousins. Uh, but in general, it's still... That is a, a money moment at 2.30 to play in a tie game, and they kind of wilted as a team, including the punter and then the defense. Um, because they were – and, and di- after all that, it's still 23-all, and it's second and 21 uh, after a, a fumble by uh, the Chiefs, and Matt Moore gets them back in field goal range. So the, the Vikings just did not close out that game. That was disappointing. I don't love a breakdown in pass protection for the Vikings when – the Cowboys' pass rush looked awesome against the Giants, and I get it. It's the Giants, but the Vikings, like Kirk Cousins in Dallas dealing with Demarcus Lawrence and the rest of the Hot Boys, which I feel like that was a Greg thing for a while that became a national thing. So. Oh, yeah. No, no Adam Thielen? <laughs> no Adam Thielen, and also Amari Cooper went to a doctor today for a checkup on his knee, an MRI, and will not practice, so we will see. Ooh, by the- well, Jane Slater's reporting that even with the MRI, he thinks he's going to play. He thinks he's going to practice Friday and play. Will he be the same guy, though? It's a good question. Adam Thielen, the problem with not having him is that Stefan Diggs then gets all the pressure, all the coverage, and doesn't do much. I don't want to um, take off the bandage and reopen this wound, Greg, but... Uh, What's happening? Perhaps Adam Thielen could have used another week of rest <laughs> before he came back. It's an interesting... Uh, even though the doctors decided he was good enough to play... Not about the doctors, it's just it's, like... You no, know, no, we even know, though we we're not privy... We're not privy... Right. A hamstring injury, which can be tricky, especially for an explosive playmaker, maybe another week. <laughs> There's only 16 of these things. You bring up, Dan, a fair point. It's a fair point in discussion. Just throwing it out there. There's a lot, put the, put the a lot wound, of information put the that we don't know in this, in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a hard left turn and, and make an unfair criticism of Kirk Cousins. Are you ready? Do it. Don't you think the I don't know if you remember the play last week that was third and eleven and then he slot he slid one yard before yes. the first down and Annoying. absolutely nowhere nowhere near I saw that play and I was kinda like that's why everyone gets crazy about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yes. I don't. I can't imagine any other quarterback in the I've league. I've seen doing other that. quarterbacks. Do. Uh, Tom Brady an it, and other great quarterbacks. Russell Wilson. None of them are sliding right there. They know the stick. It, they, they know where they it Somehow is. it just doesn't happen. I've seen other quarterbacks do that, and I have a problem with it. I agree with you, but I, I don't think Kirk Cousins Mason is the Rudolph? only one. I think. The, yeah, I think the Cowboys are much more complete. Their line is, is offensive line is playing great right now. Unlike the Vikings. Mason Rudolph puts down his shoulder and gets four more yards. No, he runs okay. backwards. Does anyone think the Vikings win this game? I don't. I agree with you. I think the Cowboys are they're no. just complete. I got a feeling we're going to get another uh, stink bomb. Really? At the quarterback position. I just got a feeling. Uh, I hope I'm wrong because I like, although kind of I just like the, uh, I do like the soap opera of Kirk and it would oh, help. Love it. it would help the soap opera if he delivered a monster game in front of Al Chris at Michelle in the world. I don't see it. You I think just, it's going to go sideways. Yeah, what you don't want, you would rather have him have a great game or a terrible game. You don't want him to have just an you know, okay game. Exactly, and I don't think he will have an okay game. I think it's going to go one way or the other. I think he's going to be, you're going to hate it, Wes, but he's going to be a big story either way after this game. Right, playing without Adam Thielen, it's going to be all on Kirk Cousins' fault. I, I'm sure it will. Twitter will tell me that. 
All right, let's move on to uh, Monday Night Football to close it out. And another good game, a great game even. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, 7-2. and two, They travel to the big bell bottom to face the 8-0 and o San Francisco 49ers. This is glorious because uh, I don't need – you know why it's glorious because you got Russell Wilson uh, traveling to San Francisco to try to knock off a team that hasn't lost yet and – if there was one one quarterback right now, Greg, that I would trust to go into San Francisco and, and go get a win, it's Russell Wilson. That's absolutely fair. I do wonder if he'll get enough passing attempts in the game plan to do all the things that Russell Wilson Come can Come on, Shoddy. They finally you know, threw the ball a lot last week, but that was against the Bucks where they trailed and it has a great run defense. The 49ers are kind of the opposite. It's strength on strength when – uh, Russell Wilson goes back to pass the 49ers defense. If there's any weakness, it's against the run. And so I think it's going to be tempting for them to run a lot. It's just it's such a weird Seahawks team that it's an elite Seahawks offense, especially the passing game and a bad Pete Carroll defense. And that defense is by far the worst group in this game. I think the 49ers are very balanced. I think the Seahawks offense is great. Yet the Seahawks defense is below average. Maybe even like one of the seven or eight worst defenses in, in the 27th league. 27th in DVU. Right now. And uh, that's why I don't think it's so crazy to lock up the 49ers in this game. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Almost always if undefeated teams getting locked up, you're, you're saying, what's going on in the mirror? But that's all right. That's, that's well within no, the rights. This is solid. I think yeah. it's fine, too. I think it's fascinating to have Russell Wilson and that offense having to deal with Richard Sherman, not last year's Richard Sherman, but this year's peaking Richard Sherman is someone that you cannot throw to right now. Midseason All-Pro has the lowest opposing passer rating of any cornerback. How about that? Because near the end of a Seahawks run, you kind of got the feeling he wasn't the same guy. Then he blows his Achilles, and he comes and he signs with a bad San Francisco team. You think he's kind of going out to pasture. He's OJ in his San Francisco years. Oh, I'm ruining a strictly football player, the end of a run, and you'll remember him with the first team only. No, he's a big-time player again. He is a big-time player. 49ers are getting healthy in some senses. Joe Staley, their stud left tackles coming back. Kyle Juszczyk, best fullback in the league, coming back. They had to put Quan Alexander, their middle uh, linebacker, on IR, and they are not deep at linebacker. They do have Dre Greenlaw, a rookie who's been pretty good. And Robbie Gould, their kicker, is injured. So you've got Jason Myers for the Seahawks. Shaky. Arguably the shakiest kicker in the league at the moment Mm -hmm. against, I believe, Chase McLaughlin, who the Chargers just cut and the 49ers picked up. What's a Kai got to do? How does Kai not get the call here? I think he's telling you something when he keeps not getting (laughs) picked up by anyone. George Kittle also might be out for the 49ers, what? which would be a huge loss. He hasn't what? practiced. No one really knows. Uh, he played through his injuries. He said, they'll, they'll find out. It's a, Take anyone else. Don't take Kittle. It's a Monday night game, so that really would change them, but I also noticed last week, Emmanuel Sanders burning up Patrick Peterson, and that just makes you think that that signing's going to be great. The fact that they can run, and they did it a couple times last week against uh, the Cardinals. When, they can, when you can run on third and three and third and four, that just makes your offense so dangerous because they're picking up first downs running and then they hit you with a big play to Kittle sometimes on thir- third and short too. You don't know what's coming. And we've gotten on Jimmy G for kind of not knowing whether he's playing well or not. He played awesome in that yes, game. He that did. Maybe, yeah, he maybe did. was Great. one of his best, if not his best starts as a pro. The Jimmy G that we expected 
when he closed that season two years ago, three years ago at this point, so magically. Not just hitting throws, but standing in the face of pressure and hitting throws, moving around in the pocket and hitting throws. That was a great game. Maybe if Russ performs in this game and they win and he plays great, I mean, he is having – he would be my MVP right now, and his their schedule of opposing defenses is brutal down the stretch. So any way he gets the MVP, he'll have to earn With really no second or third wide receiver, with tight ends that keep getting well, knocked got, out of the lineup. They've got two. DK Metcalf and, Ty, and Tyler Lockett are both having good years. I just say it feels like whoever gets hurt at tight end, the next guy comes up. Jacob Hollister Jake, was awesome yes. last week. I mean, that's – they. And they, let's be he honest, finds a way. Anybody can catch these passes because Russell Wilson is making keyhole throw after keyhole throw after keyhole throw for the last five or six weeks. It's got to be number one in that QB index that they they still put out there. They still. <laughs> I mean, they should. They there. should. They should do it. The editors do a you great. NFL.com. Ali Bonpori and his guys, Tom, Tom Blair, Blair, Gennaro. Gennaro they, they do a great job. Yes, All awesome do. editors. Bar. Who help us every week? And they it's, vote on it. They pen that. Ollie's oh. grinding that tape, and but I'm I Russell Wilson's got to be number one. That's all I'm saying. Well, why don't we check? He brought it up now. Let's all see right, where we well, can keep talking. You know, no, let's, like, so let's <laughs> audio show, program. Uh, yeah, he is. Okay, thank God. All right. Now, well, they're getting it right. We said it all. We've done it. And uh, a reminder that later tonight, in my mind, the best. Thursday night recap we're going to have because in addition to Chargers at Raiders, which is a great AFC West battle, we will also have Kevin Harlan mm. uh, of uh, Westwood One fame. Kind of feels announcer. like we could just coast and just hand it off to the Harlan. Would legend. you say it was the best one if it was a week that Wes and I were hosting it? Or of course that would be like a lower ceiling? I, you know what? I said what I said. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, what's the great line by Luke Wilson in Hard Knocks this season? It is what it is, and it's not what it's not. <laughs> Ricky, how about a plug for something that's going on on our social, which is blowing up? Thanks. Oh, to oh yeah, you guys. So we created an Instagram for all things ATN. Yeah, and it's the ATN Podcast. The handle um, started it from scratch. We started it from zero. We're already over six hundred. Nice. Um, posting a ton of behind the scenes content. Did I say a hundred? Six hundred. I mean, then, by the, get some zeros I mean, by place. the time we reconvene Sunday, I'm saying this thing's at least five. Let's 000, challenge 4, the listeners. Yeah. How about this? A challenge to the listeners. We love you. You do everything for us. Uh, but one thing you could give us for an early Christmas gift, get that thing up into the thousands by We'd the time we it. record 10, Sunday. We love it. We're going to have a ton of different content. A lot of people are always, you know, tweeting at us like, oh, you always cut off stuff, you know, at the end of the pod. Sometimes that's the best stuff. All that stuff. All that type of stuff is going to be on on the IG. We're doing, you know, it's going to be so fun. And you gave us each the password to put our own content. Exactly. So who knows what that will lead to. Exactly. And this is the ATN podcast. It is. The ATN podcast. And we got a teen like Erica running it. So none none of the old guys. (laughs) Exactly. That will get, you know, get things rolling in a good way. Anyway, 10,000. People following it by Sunday night, or the podcast is over. <laughs> We're done. That's yeah. it. I like it. All right, let's uh, let's get out of here. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood, Ryan Bartlett, and everybody behind the glass. Thanks for everything. Watch our show on YouTube and listen all the time till Sunday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.